Welcome to the Good News Bears podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Alex. And we are the Good News Bears. So basically, this whole podcast is going to be based upon us talking, chatting, hanging out, having fun, and discussing topics that we both are, uh, you know, very passionate about, I'd say. Sure. (laughs) So... (laughs) Sure, that's a good start. So, um, yeah, so we're starting this podcast. Um, we're both pretty familiar with podcasts in general. Alex, I know that you've done podcasts in the past as well, right? Sweet, my plug-in's here. Um, <laughs> yes, I've uh, learned from the ground up as a, uh, as like a media tech person in, uh, in my field to learn how to do podcasts myself and had learned from the ground up and did want started one myself for proof of concept to uh, a project lead. And that's been a fun journey so far. Awesome. Well, see, there's your plug. <laughs> Plugins. Plugins. <laughs> and I, I actually have my own podcast on the side called gospel truth project, as well as uh, another podcast that's uh, that I just occasionally join in on. So, um, yeah, we definitely both enjoy podcasting. I mean, I definitely enjoy it, and I'm sure you do too. Very much so. So, uh, how, how have you been? How has life been treating you lately? I would say good. Uh, had fun with some friends from college, and uh, they gave me a gift that was wrapped in duct tape and nailed inside a wooden crate. So, <laughs> that's as much as you can have fun with that. <laughs> Sounds so much fun. <laughs> been there. <laughs> oh, that must have been a good friend. Um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, good and uh, getting ready for the summer and uh, to do some traveling. How how's life going for you? That's awesome. Um, pretty good. Uh, just been busy, you know, creating a trading card game. Um, been working uh been exploring all the restaurants here in the area because you know big cities usually have lots and lots of restaurants to try out there's plenty to see here so definitely been busy on it but it's a good kind of busy so i i definitely appreciate it there you go so um to kind of move into today's topic i because how this is going to work is that each episode we take turns uh picking topics and going over topics and basically I'll host one and the next one you'll host and back and forth. And we can always add guests at any time with friends and stuff like that. So we, we can, we have a lot of options with this, which um, hopefully all of it's going to be in a positive light. Cause that's kind of the whole point of this podcast to have positive stuff to talk about and hopefully hit some nostalgia bones with some of it and uh, just kind of enjoy chatting and chilling. Yes. So, today's episode, <laughs> today's podcast topic is our favorite childhood video game. Excellent. Um, all right, I'll bounce from there. Uh, yeah, uh, that's video games have been a popular medium that was cornerstone of my childhood and I would say resurgence. Uh as a hobby uh, in the last few years mm. um, and have many memories on 
bouncing from certain consoles when or started with my first console. Maybe that's a good first start. Uh, Jason, tell me more about your first video game console you had growing up. Oh, <clears throat> oh, uh, shoot. My first video game console. I, I think mine personally was the Nintendo 64. Because I remember my sister having a Super Nintendo. And then I always was going to my grandma's house a lot. And she had a Sega Genesis because of my cousin. So, like, I remember playing a lot of early video game systems, but mine, personally, I think, was the Nintendo 64. Okay, great. Um, that was my... share. So, we have some overlap. My first family one was an N64. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had close friends around the neighborhood, and they had a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation... And uh, uh, they also had a Dreamcast, so I tried a little bit of that. Then, oh, yeah. yeah, the outlier uh, consoles of, of the day um, before the big three. Um, and so that was fun, just trying new games and uh, from a different console, how it worked. Some pros and cons on like how it, the operating system worked, how cr- mm. the graphics looked, um, how fun the gameplay was of whatever game you were playing. Mm. So it was nice to see new things. Yeah, um, you mentioned PlayStation One. That reminds me of uh, I did end up playing PlayStation One. I think it was my older brother's. I think. I have a hard time remembering because my older brother didn't let me play with a lot of his stuff. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember. But if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, I played um, Frogger on PlayStation 1, if I remember correctly. It was like the He's Back Frogger or whatever on the front. I played that for hours. Uh, uh, I did Crash Bandicoot. Ooh, that's also a good game. Uh, like That one and... I played later. Yeah, for for years, like I don't, uh, for years I thought a Bandicoot wasn't real. <laughs> it's like Bandicoots are real. It's like, all right, all right, uh, Steve Irwin, tell me where a Bandicoot lives. And it's like I don't know. It's like fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that happens a lot, honestly, with like video games. Like uh, I think, uh, I mean, there was a couple games where I was like, oh, that's just a random creature like crash bandicoot and it's like no that's a, that's a real animal oh <laughs> no way <laughs> right um the, is- the issue with that is that when someone's like crash bandicoot's real i was like no what other things are real that i don't know of and i was like spyro is he real is he real <laughs> <laughs> uh depends who you ask um <laughs> you're like dragons question dragons. mark <laughs> Little purple um, dragons. Right. <laughs> like, yes, they roam in Nebraska and you can feed them on the side of the road. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. Um so I would say a majority of my consoles I grew up with was um Nintendo is the easier one because mm. uh, those are family friendly and that's kind of what Nintendo is stuck with uh right. majority of the time and their in-house stuff. Uh and I grew up on 
the GameCube mostly, and then I got a PS2 um, for Christmas, and I went wild about it, and that was really fun. I got to play Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter, Jack 2, sorry. And those were, like, probably the main two that I played throughout my childhood uh, through high school. Right. I feel like I feel like PlayStation Two, when that came out, like everybody had one. Like even I had one, and I was like the the homeschooled, sheltered kid. And even I had a PlayStation Two <laughs> when it came out. Right. Uh, PS Two was uh, was the top console of its in that par- time period, and or it was competing with Xbox. And I I never had an Xbox, but my f- friends did. So overlapping stories. Um, I would go over their place to play Halo, and uh, of course, I was not old enough to buy one, mm-hmm. uh, buy the game, but the it was science fiction, and so it's like that's clearly a separation from reality and fiction. So <laughs> I was like, okay, go nuts, and so right. I played Halo Two, uh, and if you want to go old school here, uh, land parties, so. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we didn't have Xbox Live, so we just connected them all to, like, four TVs and uh, blasted Green Day while <laughs> playing Halo 2 multiplayer, so that was good times. It's, yeah, that's actually kind of funny because um, I I knew of Halo because my sister and her friends would play Halo, and um, when it came to me playing Halo, my mom said, no, I was not allowed to play Halo. And that's actually the reason why I was never allowed to have an Xbox when I was a kid because of Halo. <laughs> My mom literally thought Halo and that are connected and Halo has lots of blood and everybody plays Halo on Xbox. So you don't need an Xbox. But I, right. <laughs> that was my understanding as a kid was like, can't have Xbox because Xbox has Halo. <laughs> right. And there's like, why can't you just play it on a different console? That's not how it works. <laughs> it's only on the one. <laughs> No, right. It's, it, it's funny, but like, uh, yeah, I think while everybody was playing Halo, I was over here on the PlayStation 2 playing the original Star Wars Battlefront games. Like, right. Lot. Way too many hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just heard that their Battlefront 3 that was originally going to come out was like 90% done, and then they just scrapped it. It's like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember like watching the news and like all the leaks that were coming out where um, where the, they were showing that you can go from the ground and then get into a ship and then fly up into space. And that was the whole concept. And they were working on the transition to that to uh, work out the kinks and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that that looks like a lot of fun. Like I really want to play that, like going from right to space. Ooh, <laughs> so. For the listeners out there, that concept does exist, and at least in most games now. Um, there's one called Starfield that uh, you can actually be in a ship, fly out of the planet, and then into the space. So if you're listening, it's like, I want to see that now. Uh, I can say Starfield for sure, but if otherwise, Google it, and you'll 
find our fever dreams <laughs> in reality as we speak. <laughs> uh, I I would say No Man's Sky for that one because I freaking love No Man's Sky. I play way too much of that too. Gotcha. Have you played that one yet or no? Uh, not yet, cause uh, <laughs> I usually Dang. take first impression of when it's how well it does on release date, <laughs> and uh, it sky bombed, and so it took. So I like how they, the developers, were committed to building it out to the quality it is now. Uh-huh. But usually, uh, most most hardcore gamers say if it's not perf, if it's not uh good on completion on release date then it's forever trash <laughs> but you're over here um, like you're over here like oh it's not popular mm, not good enough for me <laughs> but um i appreciate the dedication and uh committed to the to their game to at least uh put provide support and add things that aren't behind a paywall right yeah yeah well, okay. Which has cool. become the norm or has the additions of that game when they added stuff were behind a paywall. Right. Yeah. So So okay, so I know this is a really common topic uh, when it comes to like games when we were kids. Did you play any like the skateboard games at all? Oh, yeah, I did Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the mm-hmm. 64, so that was fun. And then okay. I tried uh, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, where they had, uh, well, uh, I'm going to presume this is a family-friendly show. Uh, <laughs> they, had, uh, <laughs> they had the cast of a guy uh, from a popular show that's referred as a cuss word to donkey. And so <laughs> they did, um, so that one's a little bit more PG-13, where they did prank or they have more wild and zany stuff and uh mm. that was pretty funny. <laughs> I I agree with you though that uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 that was like the first one I played and I absolutely loved that. I I I played that any chance I got on the 64 was just like Pro Skater 2, Pro Skater 2. Mm-hmm. Um I will say though when the GameCube came out there was a game on there called Disney's Extreme Skate Adventure. Do you remember playing that at all? Never touched it. <laughs> Never touched it. <laughs> Never touched it. I didn't even know this existed, but go on. No? Okay, so it was interesting because basically it was like Tony Hawk game, but you had all the Disney characters like Tarzan, Toys, like Buzz, uh, Woody. Uh, you even had like Simba when he was a kid. And then you can mm. customize your own character too. So you'd have like your character and then you'd have all the Disney characters and Pixar characters. And, and it's it literally felt like uh like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four, but it was just Disney <laughs> in like all the Disney <laughs> worlds, and I nice. loved it because you know I was like Tarzan's jungle, and I was like uh, Woody like skating around or something. It was a lot of fun, but like I don't I don't think it was like a lot of people knew about it because the marketing on it was really really bad. <laughs> Right. Uh, there was a really good one on the GameCube I played was they made a rocket power skating game, and that's, like, perfect. And, of course, most of the game where you're, like, using hockey to fight robots and enemies, but they had a whole, like, 
section where you had a ramp and so it was exactly like a skating game you could choose which of the rocket power gang you can be and you can choose like rollerblading or skateboards and then you had the whole map to do all the tricks and you can get bonuses and scores and just have music playing so i played that mode the most in the story mode and i thought that was really cool plus who doesn't and yeah and that whole show is about skating Okay, yeah, the show. I was like, Rocket Power, you're not, like, talking literally, like, Rocket Power No, it's the four teenagers who are doing sports in a random beach town. Right. The Nickelodeon. On Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a Their good last one. names. Yeah, and the last, their last names are Rocket. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's a good one. And, and I... Squid! I I only played that once. I did not play that often. Oh, <laughs> uh, I played it a lot. I think I only played it on the Game Boy Color though. So that one that one felt a little uh lower quality for me just because I was on the Game Boy Color for that one. Right. Two D not three D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Did you play any of the uh Kingdom Hearts games when you were a kid? Uh yeah, this is gonna be uh well, I guess if gaming was a religion, it would be uh, sacrilegious. Um, <laughs> I tried, uh, yeah, I have a friend from college who would like, t- uh, would be like, no. But I tried the first one. I, I only made it for the first, like, 20 minutes. I'd even get a keyblade or whatever key sword, you call it. Mm. Um, and I just picked a regular sword, I tried to fight a big boss, kept dying, and then I gave up and never touched it again. It's like, bro, that's the, that's the training section. You didn't even get to the key sword. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I noticed for you, if the game is too hard, you're just like, eh, it's not worth me passing it. It's fine. <laughs> so, my stance on that is, I use video games as Oh, interactive story and for me to have fun and if well it has gotten better but if i want the perfect level of a challenge challenge enough where it's exciting to overcome it but not enough where you're on it's a forever it's a forever no <laughs> so i try to find that happy balance <laughs> i can see you playing like the aladdin world and Jafar comes out, and you're fighting him, and Genie's mocking you in the background. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Um, so, like, I just uh, try. I got Jedi Survivor for myself recently, mm-hmm. and uh, spoilers: there's a secret boss where you fight a Rancor. <laughs> right. And uh, there's like an option where, uh, I, of course, I had to Google it where you can. You can stun the Rancor by force by force pushing a random bone in its mouth and it's like oh struggling oh. and then you can get attack it like three or four times, but there's only like four bones in the level area in the arena, so you can only do that for so long. They let and they then, let you pull a uh, Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And uh so it took me like six tries to get the rent to kill the rancor because apparent I I didn't know if there was like a you had to 
press a button to like struggle to get out of the grip of the rancor but if it grabs your character it just bites down on you and then you just die (laughs) 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 it's like okay i need to lower the difficulty (laughs) (laughs) i um yeah that i i need to play that game and i will play that game not soonish um i will say though with um kingdom hearts i that game was fantastic and i loved kingdom hearts one and two and then uh the issue was is that they released all these like uh mobile versions like i say mobile but it's like nintendo ds or whatever all the yeah they made a lot of those yeah playstation portable that kind of stuff like all of them and it was like 2.1 redux all this all these different ones and they actually had storyline that you needed to follow the whole story and the issue was is that when the newest one came out for kingdom hearts i was like the frick is going on? <laughs> so oh yeah, I was like, ah, uh, who are I didn't you? think Kingdom Hearts three would be <laughs> would ever happen. Yeah, no, it was. It took way too long. Everyone's like, it's coming, is it? It's coming. There's like Chain of Memories. There's Heart Coded. There's three eighty three fifty eight two days. There's Hearts Birth of Sleep. I think there was like Hearts X, and I was like, where when where's three? Yeah, I, I saw three. like a a concept trailer like in 2000 maybe like 2009, 2010 mm. and I was like, "Oh, cool, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out." And then it never happens. Like, "Okay, uh, I never played this game. I'm not emotionally invested. I'm going to move on." <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I I I like the game. It's fun, but like there was so much to it where the story just kept changing or adding or I was just like, I can't fall. I'm not that invested. Like I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not that um, into it. It's fun, but no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so here's a good jumping off question. Um, what's a game that you would consider yourself that you played with or I'll rephrase the question. What is a game that you absolutely loved that made you hard to pull away from? Like, you'll stay up longer than you should. Um. <laughs> uh, easy. The original Star Wars Battlefront 2. Hands down. Like, y- you know how, like, current consoles show how much time you played on different games? Yeah. Like, if they did that back then with the PlayStation 2 and me playing Battlefront 2, I'd look back and say, wow, I wasted my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I cannot explain how many hours I played that game. And then, like, my mom would limit us to, like, two hours a day on the video game because we were playing it so much. And the issue was is that if she, like, left the house or she went to sleep or whatever, whatever, we'd, like, go into... The bedroom where there was a small TV, and we just hook up the game and start playing it any chance we got. Right. It's um, bedtime. Not today. <laughs> no, there was one summer where I played a GameCube game called I Ninja, and um, I <laughs> spent like a solid uh, two or three weeks on that during a summer. And it's like, hey guys, let's go, uh, let's go uh, hike somewhere. And it's like. No, I just want to play Eye Ninja. And <laughs> it's this I forget who made it, but it was like a it was like a an adventure game like Sly Cooper. Mm-hmm. And um 
but you play as a ninja and as you like progress you get different bands like a white belt green belt and uh so yeah it was just fun and of course all the minions are like zombies and so you would have a katana and then do all these special moves and then you would see them like be dismembered but they're green so it's fine so it was rated t and then i was like this is so much fun (laughs) that one was made by uh argonaut games and uh, I remember the reason why I remember that because I I played it a bit and then they said they were going to make a, a Game Boy Advance version of the game. I was like, ooh, that will be fun because I was on the move a lot. And then they canceled it before release date. I was like, dadgummit. <laughs> I wanted to play it. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good one. It had like the little, uh, like it was like the little bobblehead, round looking, round head looking uh, ninja dude, right? Like the. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. That that game had a lot to it, and that was a lot of fun. And did you um for the okay because we've been talking a lot of PlayStation and a little bit of GameCube. What was did you play any of the Mario games like religiously? Um, I would say I did some of that religiously, and um, what I was trying to say, uh. Yeah, I played Mario Kart and uh, Mario Party, and I I did some Mario stuff, but I wasn't, like, all living and breathing uh, Super Mario. So throughout the years, I tried all the big ones, Mario Sunshine, mm. Sunshine Paper Mario, Super Mario 64. Mm. So enough where uh, I kept up, kept up with social norms, but... Um, I don't know everything, all the lore about Mario. How about you? Well, so, like, obviously, most people played Super Mario 64. That was, like, the most common, like, everybody played Mario 64. Yay, yay. Like, that one, obviously, was the classic. But I will say, when Super Mario Sunshine came out, dear lord, I played that game. (laughs) I played that game way too much, and most of it consisted of me just exploring. Like, I had this horrible habit on games to explore places where it's like, go this way, and I go the other way. And it's like, the frick are you doing? Go the other way. <laughs> and it's like, no, there's something over here. I must see everything. <laughs> and uh, Mario Sunshine was no, uh, was no exception to that. So, like, a lot of times I'll see, like, a little path or a little hill I was like, I wonder if I can jump to that little ledge and then that ledge, and I wonder if I can get somewhere <laughs> with it. And I spent way too many hours just doing random crap, like not succeeding at stuff, just because I was curious if I could do something. Right. So, yes, I, I did that with Super Mario Sunshine. Obviously, Mario 64, everybody played. That's a common one. But Super Mario Sunshine, I loved that game. That was uh, the the water, the the Islander kind of vibe to it. It was such a nice, like, relaxing kind of game. I loved that one. Good to hear. Did you, uh, um, I know a popular one, a lot of people say are popular, and I don't know if you ever played it, but did you ever play the Banjo-Kazooie series? Uh, I played a cu- I played uh, the sequel to the original Banjo Kazooie, oh. and had a similar 
thing where I uh that was still pretty hot early in my childhood, so like the hand eye coordination I would need to do the jumping puzzles weren't there, so I was like uh so I like gave up. Okay. So yeah, Banjo Tooie. Banjo I think it was Banjo yeah, Banjo Tooie. Mm-hmm. That one I liked, but the only thing I really played on it was the multiplayer. Like, friends would come over, we'd get on Banjo-Tooie, and then we'd play, like, the... It was funny, because you'd walk around with different characters, with birds, and you'd shoot eggs at each other. And it was like a shoot em game, but it was birds and eggs. <laughs> and I loved it. It was so much fun to play that multiplayer. It was like the, like the peak of couch gaming was that era, like what early two thousands was like. Everybody sit on the couch and let's play. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I always bring that one up because I it, it still has like a special place in my heart because I always want to go back to Banjo Kazooie or Tooie and play it. Not nuts and bolts, forget that. But Banjo Kazooie and Tooie, I'd go back and play anytime. <laughs> Did you uh, exactly? Okay, how do you feel about Smash Bros. series? Tell me that one more time. How do you feel about the Smash Bros. series? Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely did the... Um, I would say the... Um, Super Mario's Melee. That was the only one I owned. Okay, and, one. Huh? GameCube one, yeah. That yeah, one's good. GameCube one, Melee. And so that one was fun. I did plenty of tournaments with friends, and I think the hardest part was trying to unlock the secret characters because you had no idea how this was... I didn't have a smartphone at the time, so... so anything like hard or secret, you would have to just find out on your own. Or you, like, hear a rumor from somebody. Or you get a magazine. Um, and it's like, how to unlock Mewtwo as a secret character. And so um, you would just have to play the game and discover. Then you just get excited. It's like, new challenger has approached the arena. And then you just, like, ah, oh, who it is. And then you'd be, like, revealed, like, oh, it's Mewtwo. And, and then you have to fight him. And, uh to unlock the character and it was always exciting like don't mess it up and then everyone goes yeah so it's like high pressure situations for sure dude you just like unlocked a memory like (laughs) you remember going to like walmart or gamestop and you see the strategy guides just a wall of them like pick the game strategy guide and you open up and had all the strategies and hidden stuff yeah they would uh yeah, they would usually make specific booklets or company did mm-hmm. on like one singular game. Like I had Star Fox Adventures and I was a whole book on yeah. the maps uh, for every level on like how to beat it, all the how to get all the items and yeah, just everything. Yeah. You, did you ever... Is this that brought up memories now? Now I'm thinking other stuff. Did you ever use the Game Shark stuff? Oh yeah, I did that for <laughs> my. I did that for my PlayStation, uh, my PS2, and um, uh, the thing about that was um, 
it was interesting that I did that for Jack too, and so uh, for the audience members, what Game Shark did, it's essentially it's like uh, cheat codes that at, that mess with the programming or like the code of the game itself. To like, usually there's like a game barrier because you have to reach like, let's say, you have to reach this upgrade to obtain this uh this ability to progress through the game, but you would be like locked out of that area because you don't have that item. So what the Game Shark disc for me did was it gave co- it had made pre-made codes where all those items are already unlocked for you, like. Uh, like hour one of the game so what happens does you pretty much enjoy the cheats which is that what you want but i did that with every game that i owned that had that in that preloaded disc Mm -hmm. and then i found out that it was like messing with how the operating system of the playstation on like just processing information from just basically how to run a game normally and then it was like yeah this is uh uh you're breaking the ps2 (laughs) essentially if you keep (laughs) doing this so i was like okay and so i gave up on game shark it i mean honestly it was like the very first mods like it was just modding (laughs) yeah essentially there were mods yeah, like I, I actually bought. Uh, I remember it was the Game Shark Ultimate Codes 2003 book, and that book was like over 400 pages, and it just had game after game after game. And I, I remember getting the book, and I was like, "Yes, this is going to unlock worlds of stuff I can do." And I was so pumped about it. <laughs> I was so excited for that. But yeah, I, you just triggered that memory of of uh, the Game Shark stuff because it was like, oh. I remember doing that when I was a kid. You don't do it anymore. Like it's completely like Game Shark stuff is not really a active thing right now. You don't need it. You just mod it or you could just do the cheat codes that the publisher gives you or something like that. <laughs> so did exactly. you ever, did you ever play the uh like any like I mean there's tons of games we could go over. There's like always the Legend of Zelda games, the Donkey Kong games. Um Obviously, we we talked about like the Tony Hawk. What are some of the games that like when you were a kid that no one else heard of, but you played a lot of, or you played a decent and you enjoyed it, but everyone's like, "What game is that?" Like, what's some of the like nuanced games that you don't know? Most people don't know about that you played. Uh, games that I played that I haven't that not a lot of people know. That's a good, great, great, eh, great question, Jason. Um, hmm, drawing blanks. Um, a lot right. of games I played were popular, but um, there was uh, I tried uh, I tried a game that was like oddly specific, um. Mm-hmm. It was uh it was from the studio that's now dead or absorbed. It was called Pandemic Studios, uh ironically oh. named given our time. Uh but there was a game called Destroy All Humans and it was just something completely different from the norm. And essentially it's uh like a a, 
a comedy parody of the 1950s through a different perspective and you play as an advanced alien from essentially the opposite role of all the movies where you're fighting the alien so you are the alien invader and <laughs> mm. uh, so through that lens you get to uh see like uh 1950s america parody uh uh parodied uh and you just go and through um advanced technology and mind-bending powers you just cause destruction among uh human towns wherever you go and the writing was great mm-hmm. um like one of the lines i'm trying to remember was like it's like what's shaking pox you look uh constipated that's the word i'm <laughs> And uh, that game wasn't really reviewed on, like, the big video game channel I was following. Mm. And I had never heard anyone talking about it when I was in middle school. And so I felt like I, uh, I like, found gold in uh, ju- just a game that no one was paying attention to. And I was enjoying that a lot. That's cool. I remember that one. I never played it. Um, I know, like... As it came out later on, it started like getting more and more reviews, but not at first, for sure, not at first. Yeah, Pandemic Studios is the one that made a uh, Star Wars Battlefront, so I definitely know that logo very, very well. <laughs> right. Oh, um, okay. So game wise, have you what I played? I don't think a lot of people talked about or knew about was Chibi Robo. I have no idea what that is. So. Here's the thing. Uh, Chibi Robo, the very first one, came out on GameCube. And you're this little tiny metal robot, right? Like, supposed to be, like, the helper robot for the family. And um, you, had a, you had a little, like, normal plug-in that you would plug into, like, a 120-watt wall or whatever, like a normal plug, and you'd carry it around on your head. And so the whole thing was is that you'd run around and you'd, collect happy points by completing various tasks for household work to solve dilemmas and stuff like that for the family and mm-hmm. uh anytime you did stuff it would consume energy and then when your energy run low you take the little plug-in on your head and go throw it into a plug-in recharge and then unplug it and keep going <laughs> and so that was it, it's supposed to take place like 1960s so the theme of it was really really old school feel to it but it was really fun but most people mm-hmm. never even talked about that. But that game was tons and tons of fun. And I played that way too many times. Uh, like, it, I remember some of like the, the stuff was like the dog ran through the house with muddy paws. So you'd take a toothbrush and scrub the paws off the ground and get points for it. And then you could use the points to upgrade yourself. And it was interesting. I think that's a game that a lot of people don't talk about or don't know about that. If you have a chance to go play it, go play that. Even nowadays, it's it's fun, fun little game. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. It's always nice to find hidden gems that um people don't really often look for in a game, and um that gives you a new level of appreciation of, or you like you have like insider value. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool. Um. So, I would say, uh, all right, I'll, here's another question. Is there a specific gaming franchise, um, or, like, a series of games under a specific, like, name, uh, that you followed, uh, throughout your childhood? If so, what is that? What was that? 
well, hmm, that's a good question. Because obviously when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to play Halo and stuff like that, like I mentioned before. Uh, I think one of them, I would say any of the Kirby games, I was always first to grab that and play it. Oddly enough, I always played the Kirby games and I watched the storylines, which weren't really interconnecting too, too much. It was pretty consistently the same kind of stuff. But anytime a Kirby game came out, I was like, Kirby, let's go. Yes. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> with Kirby. I even like, um, uh, you know, like Facebook had those sticker things that you could post on people's walls and stuff like that. And you can make your own little mm-hmm. artwork and the little circle buttons or whatever they were. Um, literally, my my whole wall was filled with like 200 Kirby's. That was all it was. It was just little little round balls <laughs> with different faces and swords and hats and stuff. And I freaking love the Kirby. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, um, I even had binders full of drawings of Kirby. Like, I absolutely loved Kirby. Gotcha, you were loving breathing Kirby. Yeah, pretty much. What what about you? What was that what was that game series for you? Uh, I would say Assassin's Creed. Um I, I didn't try the first one till like years later, but um this was like high school going into co- uh going to college and like mid high school. Yeah, mid high school going to college. Mm-hmm. Um I always liked history. And, um, and so seeing a video game of like some things I knew as like the historical backdrops, but it was like historical fiction. So that was like something that, that was like a genre that interested me. And so like, uh, Assassin's Creed 2 was my gateway into that world. And even regardless of the conspiracies or your main character's best friends with Leonardo da Vinci, there's humor, Mm. there's a fight system. Uh, I think ultimately the story of the individual um, what gravitated me the most and uh, for the viewers essentially it's just a conspiracy of a, or in layman's terms, it's about a uh, super cocky Italian teenager. He's the son of a banker. And through a shattery organization, they get uh, framed uh, for, like, all these crimes. And his whole, all of the male, pretty much his family is murdered by these shattery figures. And he, and so he's thrusted onto a path of vengeance and a crossroads of, processing that loss and how that loss affected him throughout his life and so of course he his family is the antithesis of that shadowy organization as like a pseudo avenging group to stop them to promote freedom among society um but outside of that it's just a journey of a man going through processing grief and how that grief changed him yeah and he had to grow through all the struggles and move past that in order to have a poor a life of purpose and connection with others Mm -hmm. and i thought that part was really that 
was very relatable and that stuck with me made a huge impression that I just got invested in those individual human stories um and made me want to keep playing them regardless of oh you get a cool hooded figure if you pre-order this or you reach an upgrade where you uh you have smoke bombs and you can defeat all the enemies in like one swoop or um <laughs> you have a magic orb that tell through ancient uh society magic uh you control populace but outside of all the science fiction it's a very human story oh cool i like that so uh just to kind of wrap this whole episode up the last question if you could go back and play any game before 2006 what and like play it again all the way through like have that opportunity obviously we do but let's just say since you haven't played what game would you go back and play i can experience for the first time yeah Mm -hmm. um dude i would say oh i would probably say halo 2 um that was a uh similar overlaps from my last response the story was amazing. Uh, I have a lot of memories with friends playing the multiplayer with and endless hours on summer ni- uh, nights in the, during summer. And um, yeah, I would play Halo 2 all over again. How about you? That's a good one. And I get that. I really do. That's a fun one. Um, if I was given the opportunity to play a game for the first time again, I would actually do Pikmin 2 for the GameCube. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if you've played Pikmin 2, but... I won't. Okay, so Pikmin 2 is just a puzzle-solving puzzle, uh, game, and the creativity of it being like in a microscopic world, like where everything's really big to you, and there's uh bad guys and stuff like that it just came out to such a like a easy playthrough enjoyable experience absolutely love that game and i will gladly go back and play that and just because of this i might actually go play that game again just because i i missed that game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> um yeah so this pretty much sums up episode one episode one um of this podcast and uh i don't know do you want to you want to see if we can start doing this weekly or this is sure a question yeah, uh so great something. question jason um so ideally yeah i would like to do this weekly and um i know our this episode and the structure might be broad but uh i know as the development of an idea grows and um and and matures um if there's a specific uh topics or segments that that gravitates you to more we can always refine our uh our our uh what's the word i'm looking for flow of the episode Mm -hmm. but otherwise weekly sounds great and we'll keep delivering those good news vibes that everyone's been gravitating for nice nice i like it all right cool well 
we'll say that this is the end of the episode, and then uh, next week, you, Alex, will be hosting and bringing your own topic for us to discuss and talk about, and then we can, uh, I mean, eventually we might add another friend or two back and forth, or just have guests. We'll see. We don't know yet. <laughs> this is we'll all, all work in progress. <laughs> yes, and everything's progress. Exactly. Uh, I don't have a fun, catchy end tagline, but I'll uh, figure something out. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, glad all the listeners out in the ether uh, tuned into this episode. All right, awesome. And uh, I'll, with that, I'll say see you on the next one. Later. Bye.